Dear friends, welcome to Purpose Beyond Profit. The United Nations Global E-Waste Monitor 2020 states that India is the third largest electronic waste generator in the world after China and the USA. Additionally, according to renowned research agencies, India generates approximately 2 million tons of e-waste per year. What's more, the figure is likely to multiply at a rate of 30 to 50% each year. While these numbers showed tremendous potential for entrepreneurs to make a decent living while caring for the environment, I happen to know a friend who started way back in 2010 when there was very little awareness about the harm caused by e-waste. Karan Thakkar is a young entrepreneur who after graduating in 2007 from Narsimhonji was selected by KPMG as a business advisor in the risk consulting department. During one of his visits to the minds of a large client, the idea of e-waste recycling and reverse logistics struck him and he quit his job to start Ecocentric in 2010. Since then, there has been no looking back. So let's welcome Karan Thakkar. It's a pleasure to get you on this podcast Karan. Uh thanks for being here. Thank you so much Ankur. My pleasure to be here with you. Yeah. Uh we go a long back. Uh, I joined KPMG in 2008 and you joined I believe in the year 2009 fresh out of college after becoming a bachelor of uh, after earning your BMS which is bachelor of management studies. and i distinctly remember that even as a young consultant you were extremely passionate about social issues especially the environment we had some conversations during those times as well uh, when you were working back with me and later on after i left kpmg joined another consulting firm you went on to start your own company in your early 20s in the field of e-waste management and at that time there wasn't really a lot of awareness around this subject as uh, also uh, as it is now and you started a company called ecocentric a small office uh, based out of andheri and now i see that it has a new avatar by the which goes by the name the recycling company or treco for short so give us some glaring statistics uh, on how big a problem is e-waste and uh, you know why what actually made you get into this particular line of business so in fact i'll start with the second question that you asked first that how did i get into this and uh, so lovely to you to be talking to you like this those were amazing days back in kpmg gave me a chance to yeah. travel so much and you know see some of the best companies so what happened yes and uh, so what happened is uh, while i was at kpmg my focus area was metals and mining and i got a chance to see some of the biggest companies uh, which included names like vedanta uh, binani others in the manufacturing space and i got a chance to visit some of the biggest mines across the world mm-hmm. in india africa so every time i every time i advised these companies on various processes two right. things i learned a lot one was of course the processes and the internal processes that a company builds to become successful and you know these companies have become giants primarily right because of the internal processes that they have established which are excellent second thing is while i was visiting these mines there was a sense of stir that was happening inside me if you actually look at a mine a mine is is uh, when you look at a mine it looks like there is a big dent on the surface of the earth 
it's like a cone i'm sure some most of us must have seen the movie kala patthar or you know movies where right, uh, all the right. other minds are covered not a very it. pleasant sight not a very yeah. pleasant sight so so kala patthar movie is like an underground mine uh, a surface mine is where uh, mining is done from the surface so the impact is is overwhelming and the first time i went to a mine i it uh, what dwelled on me is uh, the impact uh, mankind has on nature the impact that human operations have on nature right and what i realize is that we have a very one way relationship with uh, with nature with mother nature we are always taking we are always taking and we are never giving and i wanted to change that equation so every time i went to the mine there was something inside me that was telling me that you have to do something that turns this around and i think maybe i was always born with an entrepreneurial spirit that each was always there that you know i would like to start something of my own mm. a combination of these things and i quit my job in may 2010 after a three year stint and that time the only thought that came to my mind is i want to do something in environment i want to do something related to recycling and this was a time when the ipad got launched and apple was picking up and i, I what what amazed me is the number of devices correct that were coming in market and i thought this is only going to increase and the availability of these resources in nature is only going to decrease so a combination of these things and one fine day i just went to my boss and said that i would like to quit and i just quit quit like that and uh, and coming to your second question the first question that you asked about how big a problem it is so i i actually quit a lot based on my gut feeling i had I had not done uh, a lot of research that time uh, but uh, but to my surprise the problem was actually quite big india generated mm-hmm. that time i think close to 1 million 1 and a half million tons of electronic waste every year and uh, not much was being done around it in fact you know a, a trivia and you might be surprised to know this ankur is uh, my last day in kpmg was um, 11th may 2010 and 14th may 2010 the government of india came up with the e waste tools notification so in that manner the timing was i think yeah talk about being at the right place at the right time yeah but also i think uh, also i think it's a bit of uh, it it's a bit of foresight as well yeah. right I, like i said i always saw you as someone who was more aware someone with a higher eq than others right so you always looked at not only the work that you were doing but how it was impacting everyone around you uh, the companies the client uh, you know the people you were working for the team so i think that also makes an impact and then obviously with the change in government policies uh, it was probably a good time for you to take a jump i think uh, i would say i was very foolish also because in hindsight i feel that you have to be <laughs> in my case i think it was uh, just that adrenal rush and some you know purpose or you know in a calling and i just jumped into it maybe other way mm. of looking at it uh, would be that there has to be enough research being done but i i feel that when when i look at a lot of entrepreneurs and when i look at a lot of journeys uh, to each his own i think the time i think when you think the time is right the time is right and uh, to i i feel that when you are very sure that there is something that you really like and something that is uh, keeping you awake then i think you should follow it and not pacify yourself mm. uh, but then then i think some people start at 40 some people start at 50 and even then they are successful so uh it is right. yeah it is very subjective but yeah i think uh, like i said in hindsight uh, one also has to be mm. very foolish i feel 
too much information yeah. and too much analysis uh, at times delays decision yeah. making i feel correct correct and did you come from a business background yes i my family uh, we have a family business and uh, which is uh, mm-hmm. uh, growing up i did get a chance to get fair enough exposure about different aspects of business uh, but i never played an active role in that and at the same time i was very sure that i didn't want to join my family business so current that is really great one is not knowing about the business and uh, and you know really having that gut feeling or like you said a bit of you needs to be really foolish to jump into a new venture uh, but now that you've taken that plunge or uh, when you actually did that without really having any technical background because when we talk about uh, recycling especially e recycling yeah. which is which has a lot of heavy metals in it uh, which is a very complex process from whatever i've read how did you really gather all this know how uh, to start uh, and you know how did you really begin uh, taking this up um, as a process and you know as a business uh, you know right from starting getting to know people reading about it uh, maybe visiting different locations people who are already doing this so how much time did it take and how did you really start so we are right you know uh, and i just had i didn't have any idea about the recycling business and the recycling commercials whether it made sense at what stage was it in india all i knew was that this is going to be a big problem and one thing i would like to stress today is whenever you dedicate yourself to an industry or to an idea if the problem is big enough then i feel there will be place for everyone to do something i just knew that uh if we we all know that the metal prices have been going up commodity prices have been going up because of a simple reason that it's a supply and demand mismatch we are consuming but what is available in nature is limited right so thinking of this i just plunged plunged into this industry and and once i did is where i realized that i just didn't know anything so i started meeting a lot of there were a few companies that time who had already established uh, their setup in this space uh and uh, Uh, what what uh, i went door to door and i tried to get as much information as possible by meeting them uh, at the same time i would uh, go to the smallest of towns and travel across india and understand that how this disposal disposal was done and to my surprise okay. uh, there was so much there the gap was actually quite big and uh, like i said the india was generating close to a million tons of e-waste that time and only 5% mm. was being recycled so we have a fantastic uh, the problem is we have a fantastic recycling system in india like you throw a bottle of water in 20 minutes you will have right. a recycler who will come and pick it up the problem is with right. material like e-waste and other things these are complex materials when an electronic device is made it has a combination of plastic heavy metal uh, and hazardous substances which are put together to give it certain properties now you imagine a phone when you have to break it down and you have to take it back to its original source it's a difficult process we have a very right. big informal sector in india people whom we call scrap dealers kabadi wala what they do is when they take it when they take it from our household and companies etc whatever they can recover they recover rest of it is burned and this is the problem it causes harm to them because they are exposed to harmful gases and it also causes harm to the environment so this needs to change Hmm. so one thing led to the other i realized that i had a lot of catching up to be done i had to understand the problem even better 
and uh, so my initial year was uh, more of traveling and interviewing people and meeting people and understanding that you know how uh what to do about it and identifying what is a business model like you know for example if if somebody wants to make a car it's too big a statement mm-hmm. you can start with a car dealership and and for somebody like me who did not have any idea so i think the most important thing is to how to start and where to start so i another thing i would right. like to emphasize is it's okay to start small if you find an entry point it's mm-hmm. okay to start with that then you can always uh expand on the idea then you can always uh, grow big uh but it's important to to find that starting point correct correct and when you were doing all this research uh so you know slightly going deeper mm. whom are which are the kind of people you met how did they you know react that this you know this young fellow who is in his early mm. 20s he wants to know about my business and these would be typically people from the unorganized sector so any particular incidents that you would talk want to talk about a couple of incidents you want to talk about where you may have got some pushback or or rather i would want to know how did you actually manage to gain uh, you know have a conversation with them and get them to open up so i think ever since my college days uh, i had done a few jobs and i think maybe the kpmg exposure i am very comfortable approaching people and starting a conversation and talking to them So the first thing I did is I approached companies who were already established and they were doing something in recycling, and uh, and I was sure that I had not thought that you know I'll set up my own recycling plant or I will grow big. I was like I said I wanted to play a small role. To my surprise, when I went and met them, there was so much of insecurity and there was so much of secrecy around this entire subject. And uh, and one particular incident is uh, I was I was utterly shocked. because i feel that as a company transparency gives you builds the brand more and it actually builds uh, the ecosystem even better and i think i i i feel that these things pushed me even more to 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 get into recycling and i was i think with every failure i was getting more determined and with every lack of information that i was getting i was getting more and more determined that uh there there can be a much better organization in this space there can be a much better company hmm and i was getting determined that you know i could i could do that i could fill that gap right so so those were the initial experiences uh, there were some great ones as well but large largely from the industry there was a lot of secrecy hmm. Hmm. and is there a lot of material available for people to go through or some sort of database or knowledge base available to people to go through if they really want to get into waste recycling yeah so fortunately e-waste recycling as a subject got a lot of attention in the last 10 15 years in india but globally it has been uh, recognized as a threat and uh, and electronics waste from electronics uh, understanding that it is hazardous has been there for quite some time across the globe in the united states and in other developed countries they realize quite early that once you grade electronics takes the man mankind takes mankind forward takes the human race forward they are great for development they are great for efficiency but once you are done using it it is very important to have a scientific manner in which you recycle it correct if not then it's going to be a very big problem because there would there have been a lot of cases where electronic waste has been shipped from developed countries to developing countries right india china a lot of south asian countries used to re- receive this dump from other developed countries until the law came in place and import became banned okay so there were a, there are a lot of global agencies who are covering the subject who are making 
this who are very vocal about this entire issue so there was a lot of data available mm-hmm. fortunately and i think also there is a lot of advocacy that is happening across the globe even today it has increased tremendously but even back even 10 years back there were uh, there was enough information available and there were a lot of people there were also a lot of companies who had already started doing this infosys wipro a lot of indian it companies understood this subject well in advance hmm. and they were adhering to global norms and uh, global recycling norms right right and with the new norms around ec esg reporting and non financial reporting coming into play the united nations also talking about it a lot uh, uh, the economic uh, forum also talking about Uh, mm-hmm. you know the reporting standards coming into play this particular mm-hmm. topic is gaining a lot of currency that you know mm-hmm. how you are actually uh, having an impact on climate environment uh, the society uh, as a company mm-hmm. and not just you know making mm-hmm. money so i think this will just gain more and more currency going forward mm-hmm. yeah okay um tell me you know current it's been close to what more than 10 years now in this particular business for you right yeah and uh, over the period uh, over this 10 years as a social entrepreneur there are quite some challenges that you may have faced yeah uh, and you continue to face uh, some of these challenges uh, we would really you know the listeners would want to know how did you navigate those two or three main challenges you know what were those challenges and how did you successfully navigate those challenges <laughs> to begin with the like a very in a very fancy way i quit my job one day i told my boss that you know this is it i want to start and i and i quit my job but i didn't know anything i didn't know what to do right i did not have absolutely any idea Uh, how to make money or you know at the in if i were to say that what was a business plan i did not have a business plan that 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 a would lead to b b would lead to c this is how i would procure material this is how i would go about it so my biggest challenge in the first year uh, uh, was a big struggle just to understand where to begin with and though that that year was uh, i think one of the most challenging because every day i would come back and sleep over it and or not sleep over it thinking that you know i have decided right. to do something in e-waste recycling or what to do i did not have any idea because now when we talk 10 years down the line there is still a lot of companies that people can look up to there is a lot of tangible things that people can look at but uh, but those days it was very hard and like i said not many people were willing to share so it took me a lot of time to understand that okay you know so i started little bit of advisory services where i would go to companies and advise them on what is electronic waste and uh, so i think that was the first step uh so i figuring out what to do like you know people want to start a restaurant like say for example you want to get into the healthcare space but what to do with it uh we all know that certain industries have a lot of potential say artificial intelligence mm. but that's too big a industry and that's too fancy a name but what will you do in artificial intelligence again is a question so what mm. would i do in this particular space what was my question and it took me one year to just roam around and meet people understand learn and then i like i said i started more like an advisory company and a 
consultant just going around and telling companies and you know doing these services the second right. step like you said that awareness was very minimal so i i was in a industry where i had to educate my customer and then sell so for example if i am selling bread i had to tell my customer that you know bread is good for you first and then sell my bread right so there was there was again a lot of awareness that had to be created the a lot of facts and figures right also i i feel that the especially the space that that i am in i feel that you have to feel it from within and till the time you don't feel it from within it, it doesn't come across mm. because there was because environment is such a thing that even today people don't take it seriously we are consuming we are throwing things away right in the best of organization societies etc educated people you will yeah. be very surprised at the minute you tell them to okay. take an effort to reduce waste and to do it 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 sounds like a very alien concept but uh, but to really put it across to companies uh, it takes a lot of convincing and it it i think it really takes a lot of passion and uh, drive within to really move mountains in this industry and the third was people people i would say is always a challenge i think i've been very lucky because i have uh, got i think people who again connect with the subject very well uh, pushing them and uh, motivating them has not been a challenge this again i mm-hmm. feel that for an entrepreneur to really be connected with the problem and and believe that you know that the organization is playing a very important role in solving the right. problem i think when you eat live and breathe this then you are attracting the right people uh absolutely right. uh ensuring that you know how do you get performance and how do you grow on this every day because it's a science and an art Uh, is important mm-hmm. but attracting the right talent i think the first, first step very important is is you can you believe that uh, you are you have a answer to the problem yes and incidentally i was talking to another social entrepreneur uh, around last week hmm. uh, who again is not really maximizing profit but he is more for social good over maximization of profit hmm. and when i asked him this question one thing which really uh, struck a chord with me is that when you have a purpose mm. you in a way attract people who have similar purpose in mind mm. right a purpose which goes beyond making money mm. and that what keeps the overall organization going towards achievement of that mission so this gentleman santosh parolekar whom i interviewed around 2 weeks back mm. he also runs a construction company and has uh, employed trained and employed more than 50000 rural workers till date right. um, you know given best of the training facilities uh, which he has built and uh, his focus is on skilling them and uh, the kind of people that he has been working with uh, or he initially employed they have been working with him for the last 10 15 years uh, there's hardly anyone who's sort of left him despite knowing clearly that he cannot really pay them as much as a mnc or some other large organizations can so i think the purpose is what uh, when companies make uh, their purpose larger than just the monetary gains you also tend to get that kind of a 
team which believes in that mission and then uh, holds the fort for you uh, would that be a fair assessment absolutely in fact uh, i believe uh, so there are three pieces to entrepreneurship mm-hmm. uh, according to me if i have to just some you know the maybe some sure. of my journey or uh, just to elaborate about the process first is purpose and i think we all are born with some or the other purpose it is uh, maybe to some it comes early the realization comes early to some it comes late but there is definitely this one two or three things that every that you are interested upon it is your upbringing your life circumstances uh, your own interest some of your own decisions and there is this one thing that gives you extreme happiness joy it could be absolutely anything uh, so uh, for for some it could be becoming a ceo right of a company uh, for some it could be employment for some it could be like even there are some great examples and people who have really solved problems like i i to my mind an entrepreneur is somebody who has identified a problem to solve hmm. the second is passion like once you've identified your purpose you need to be driven enough uh, be a risk taker and be courageous enough to to go towards it and and have that ability to decide that you know this is a problem i need to solve and i will work on that path and third is perseverance hmm that once you have identified your purpose and once you are passionate enough then the idea is that there will be so many ups and downs and you know there there have been so many in uh, my journey as well hmm but then you just have to keep at it because the first thing that the purpose that got you in at the first place <clears throat> will be the hook that will keep you at it always yes yes and so karan in your case obviously the purpose and the passion is absolutely clear i've been following your journey for a really long time but perseverance is something which is very individual right uh, the daily grit the daily issues that you go through and you overcome are obviously private to you and probably a couple of very close people to you can you probably give the listeners some sense of the kind of challenges that you have uh, faced uh, maybe mm. large ones uh, mm. and how did you really navigate those uh, some real life examples would be great sure so like i mentioned in the initial years the first bigger challenge for me was to identify what is a business model like how will i make money uh, what would be the what would be exactly what is it exactly that i'll be doing in this space once i figured that out i realized that mm. i needed talent like it is one thing to attract people but it is another thing to really uh, you have to be able to pay them something at least so i think fundraising is is extremely mm. crucial and i think it's a very strategic decision and it really differentiates one entrepreneur to the other and what i realized that time is that there were mm. not many avenues where one could raise money and i went across banks i went across institutions knocking door uh, that you know how do i ensure that even a small sum to begin with but how do i and with that in during that time i was very sure that i wanted to set up my own recycling plant and and studying okay. this is where i realized that uh, some government banks uh, had come up with some great scheme for entrepreneurs uh, and one thing i'd like to elaborate on this call is mm-hmm. there are quite a few options available out there equity is not the only one but even in debt there are quite a few options and the minute you go out there and you do your research and you are able to open a few doors and you know convince the right people there is uh, uh, quite a lot of support that uh, government institutions and banks also give 
so that was one big challenge and one yeah. big relief when we were able to convert it so our bankers in the initial days were sbi and they had come up with a scheme for entrepreneurs for smes uh, which gave a very give push and those were at uh, very favorable terms mhm uh, so so that was one uh, a big challenge and once we had the kind of money that we could pay salaries uh, and you know set up operations is where hiring the right people from the industry is something that we did in those days yeah yeah and and have there been stories where you've not taken home salaries or profits for certain years just yeah. to survive so there is a say very famous saying no that you it takes 20 years uh, of hard work to become an overnight success so there have been many such uh, many such instances even in the covid hmm. and uh, not only me i'm sure all entrepreneurs have first ensured that whatever is there in the company the the team members get it first and you are always the last one uh because i feel that the sense of satisfaction that you get is not from the salary that you draw there are uh, and and these are things that you have to accept uh, very early because uh, if if getting a monthly because also it can become a distraction at times it's absolutely very important to understand money and be profitable ensure that there is enough return on investments that you're getting because that is what will make an organization successful right Uh, yeah, because otherwise it's a hobby. Another very important thing I would like to stress on is something that I read is uh, a business that is not making money is a hobby. Mm-hmm. So it should be a we are a for-profit organization. Mm-hmm. We are in social space, and these parameters will also help us uh, ensure that you know we are achieving the milestones. How much waste are we recycling? How do we keep taking this recycling thing big and big? Right. So, but yeah, many many incidences where. Uh, uh the leadership team has not drawn salaries and uh, mm. thought of first and i think it's it's an ongoing thing in fact i think in the lockdown and in the pandemic i'm sure so many larger organizations people have come forward yeah absolutely absolutely yeah great uh, i mean those were very very good insights uh, karan especially uh, you know your examples around perseverance the amount of research that you need to do and uh, follow up with people knock on doors for raising funds um, you know i'm sure that all these years uh, this 10 years that have gone by 10 12 years that have gone by will pay a lot of dividends uh, what are the you know what are the key messages that you would want to give to young budding entrepreneurs especially those who want to be uh those who want to get into the social enterprise i personally believe that this is a very good time especially when the world is getting woke uh mm. in the sense that they are getting more aware about social inequality poverty uh climate uh, change environmental damage things like those and uh, we do see that companies are valued far more then those companies who are not doing very well on the esg parameters hmm. so what would be your message to the youngsters who or for that matter anyone who wants to get into similar space so you know there was a quote that i had read fortunately right at the beginning of my journey which was by oscar hmm. wilde which said that we are all in the gutter but some of us are looking at the stars yes and there are multiple uh, interpretations that one can make out of it a is 
irrespective of your surrounding there is you have to look up and be positive and uh, take it up and and i think literally uh in true sense we are all in a gutter with the kind of waste that we are generating and uh, there is also a lot of opportunity in this because the problem is so big and 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 i think the time has come that we realize that kisi na kisi ko to utar ke safai karni padegi correct correct Uh, I always give this example in a lot of my speeches is uh, imagine your earth is like this is like a room if every day in the morning you get up you are eating a biscuit and you are throwing the wrapper in the room what will happen is one day the room will get full of these wrappers right until unless somebody picks it up and does something about it the room will start smelling not a great side and that is exactly what is happening the amount of consumption that is happening and the recycling and and the rate at which recycling and waste management is growing is not at par so there will be right. many many organizations like me who will be required to solve this problem and uh, and i think that is a much cleaner and balanced way of living i think, uh, hmm. you know how how we remember our childhood so fondly yes and uh, our our uh, the generation before just before us also does in the similar manner we want to ensure that the future generation also has enough things to say in a fashion so hmm. so there are great opportunities uh, in waste management lot of innovation that can be done and like i said we have reached a point where hmm. it is a necessity matlab kitna kachra jama karke kahan jayenge matlab this uh, it's it's uh, we can see you know like on so many occasions uh, in oceans uh every wave that mm. comes it brings with it all the plastic that we have dumped there so it's all showing no and yes. i think if we are not able to control the temperature climate change uh it's going to have drastic mm. impact so so time, time to change yeah. time to think of a much balanced way in living and to conclude i can just say that you know we don't uh, inherit the environment from our ancestors we borrow it from our children so and i think a very yeah. nice thing that barack obama had said that uh, we are the first and last generation who can do anything about climate change yeah so true karan so true so thank you karan for sharing your social entrepreneurship journey with us and how you overcome the challenges along the way i'm sure that this has been a very insightful conversation for a lot of our young change makers and i look forward to having many such more conversations with you in the future All the best to you and your team at Treco. Thank you so much Ankur. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you dear listeners to hear such more inspiring stories of social entrepreneurship. Subscribe to my channel on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast and Apple Podcast. Until next time, be good, do great.